Do you manage the water on your farm for all times of the season? We're talking about water management in this episode of Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Cutting the Curve. We got Matt Miles from McGee, Arkansas, along with Darla Huff and Marty Dreschel from ADS, ADS business partner of ours, and it's got some really cool stuff going on in uh, Miles Farms operation down there in McGee, Arkansas. So if you're not familiar, maybe this is your first episode. We talked about this topic before. A couple of months ago, I had Matt and Lane on, his son, and we talked about this trial. Put in tile in the Delta region of Arkansas, it's kind of a new thing. If you're from the Midwest, you're saying drainage tile is like not a new thing. Well, it is in certain parts of the South. So in fact, Darla started this idea. She went to Chad Henderson's in Madison, Alabama. She went to Matt Miles and said, let's put in drainage. But it's not just sticking perforated pipe in the ground. It's actually a water management system. So we're going to talk about what's happening right now. It's used both for drainage and for irrigation. That's right. It's drainage as well as irrigation. This is probably where the future is going. And there's some pretty nifty technology that's in play down there on the Miles Farm operation. So Marty, tell Tell us about the trial or Darla, tell us about the trial, whichever one of you wants to go first and what you're excited about, because you uh, actually are, are keeping your ear to the ground on this quite a bit. So tell us about the trial and then what you're seeing and Matt will tell us what he's seeing at this phase. So I'll get us started. So yeah, um, I, as Matt has said in his previous podcast, we saw some really great things come out of the first year um, from a crop response and a yield perspective. What we're going to focus on, what we're really focusing on this this go around with the crop is um, perfecting, if you will, the irrigation approach because there were some we we had we've never done this before in Sharky Clay. So um, you're trying to subsurface irrigate through drain tile, figuring out how soon you've got to turn that water on to get that water table where you want it to get when you've got such a high CEC soil um, was one of the challenges that we we've learned. We got to turn it on faster this year. And so Matt can speak to the things that um, that we've learned from being able to do that. But again, still still a sharp, very sharp learning curve because we've never seen it done before. Um, but in addition to that, we're excited to see about the things that we can do to take this to this water management system to the next level in the sense of making it a true system that can talk to one another. That is our ultimate goal. Um, so, uh, I want to ask you about talk, I want you about talking to, to, together because like I guess the average person probably even listening to this podcast, Matt, like, you know, maybe my neighbors in here in Indiana, we started draining this place, you know, uh, in, in the 19, early 1900s. So it, drainage is kind of a newer thing for you, but also it's not just sticking some pipe in the ground. You've got it so that it's acting as irrigation. And you've also got some other technology and Darla's about it, talking to each other. So just to go back to Matt here, you did this on how many acres? Tell us about the actual trial. Well, there's, it's a 35-acre field. Uh, when we decided to do this, partner up, do this, Darla said, I want your worst field you have. So, you know, we took her to the worst field we have. Um, we've had it in soybeans. This is the second year. 
And and as Darla said, the goal is, you know, I kind of visualize it, visualize it as we're building a robot. You know, you build a robot, you tell the robot what to do, and it goes and does it. Well, if we by the time we get this thing perfected or you know, that we're working on, it'll you know, it'll communicate with itself so well, it'll say, hey, turn the well on, turn the well off, this water sensor needs this, and and just be a communication system in that field. Uh, so that's the the end goal, other than being able to get on the on the land quicker and plant, you know, more timely and also use less irrigation water. You know, there's a list of things that, you know, when we get through with this project, we're hoping all of those things check a lot of boxes to to be a positive ROI for the farmer. Uh, wait a minute. Now, just positive ROI before we hit record. Marty, what brilliant thing did we hear from Darla worth your share of wallet? I wrote it down. I, I'm not, I'm worth it. So let's talk about worth your share of wallet. You're the product manager for agriculture, Marty. Uh, the thing that you're excited to see, or you've already seen on Matt's operation with this trial on 35 acres, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing that maybe uh, excites you? Yeah, so I think the first year, right, Matt's talked about you know, seeing some yield increase and seeing some really good benefits from drainage, even though we didn't have the subsurface irrigation nailed down last year. And I think the second year has allowed us to expand into that and getting into, you know, the, the water usage and being really efficient with how he's using his water and keeping it in the soil um, where, where his plants need it. Yeah, well, to, to make sure, again, if you didn't see the episode from a couple of months ago, essentially, this is not just irrigation, it's not just drainage, it's also irrigation. Obviously, the pipes are down there. How deep is the uh, how deep is the drainage tile set? They're about 30 inches, 30 to 34 inches. Yeah. And so we think the future is this uh, thing. You put the pipe in the ground for the drainage, lets you get in the field sooner, you know, takes care of some aeration. You're going to get some yield. You're going to get some, you know, you get in the field sooner. You got some aeration. You got all those kinds of things. Uh, but then the other part of it is when it starts to get hot and dry, you can put water back into that ground. And one of the things, a mistake you made in the first year, you waited till you saw stressed crops to begin doing that, Matt. And you said, I think it cost me some yield. Well, I know it did because I didn't get going soon enough. So you said this year, I'm going to, when it starts to get the you know, July, the August, uh, 104 degree days there in Arkansas, you said, I'm going to put the water out before I see the stress. Are you there yet? Yes, we've been there. Actually, that field again, because we were able to get on it faster, was planted earlier than it was planted in March. I think it's March 28, 29. Never planted that field in March of my life. Uh, so that was a that was a positive. And then, you know, we got pretty dry. We had a pretty wet spring. Then we got really dry for about three weeks. Uh, before we got dry, we started pumping the tile up based on the mistakes that I made last year. Um, and so we've stayed, you know, Marty monitors the, the water sensors and, you know, right before we started getting a few more rains, we've seen the, the ground temperature, I mean, the ground moisture start depleting at that six and 12 um, height, but the beans weren't really stressed. Last year was the hottest June and the driest June we've had in record in Arkansas, the third highest, I mean, the th third hottest and driest. Mm -hmm. And we still, even with the stress we've seen, it's hard to explain. There's some kind of synergy going on there because you know, I've got test holes that I, that I drove with a gas auger, you know, and I went down 20 inches and, and I don't see water in those test holes, 
but I don't see stress in the crop. So there's a synergy going on between, you know, the aeration and, and just having that water down there, say at 24 inches deep, you know, the roots are finding it somehow. And I can't agree. Well, we talk a lot, we talk a lot about the moisture coming from, but by the time you're into the dog days of summer, we talk about that moisture is coming from 24 inches down. Is that what's happening right here, Darla? And you know, whether, whether he's getting, he, he thinks he's digging down and not seeing a, a you know, a puddle, but it's still, there's moisture down there because of the treatment that's been going. Correct. And that was my next question I was going to ask you, Matt, is when you're, when you're doing, when you're digging, are you seeing your roots developing more, obviously going, looking for that water this way versus going horizontal as they may have done previously because they're searching for that water. So they're able to pull it out of the soil. Um, it's almost like we can't see it, but it's happening. Yes. So if you're seeing your root zones, go deeper than it's doing its jobs. Yeah, there's no telling what it's going to do when we get like a big root plant like corn, you know, where we can see, you know, I, I'd almost like take a backhoe and go down there and root dig that versus the field beside it at some point in time. But mm -hmm. even right. though there's not water in the bottom of that hole, that ground's moist. And that's really what we want because if you start seeing water exactly. in the bottom of the hole, then you're getting too saturated. So like I said, there's a synergy going on there you know, even at one point in time, you know, Marty can attest to this, we started losing some pretty good surface moisture, but our roots were already so deep, you know, in, into the soil that it, and, and you got to understand a root penetrating a, a sharky clay is like going through this desk. You know, that's a big concern still is do those roots have enough power to penetrate that clay that deep? And they're doing a pretty good job of it. Marty, uh, I think Matt, that you, <clears throat> sorry, Matt, you just defined why people say uh, drainage is beneficial in a drought year, because you said you had surface level dryness, but those roots have penetrated down. That's why drainage is beneficial in a drought year, because it allows that penetration to, to those roots to develop so strongly and keep the crop where it needs to be. Just yeah. an added benefit. That's on, you're talking about in a dry land situation, right? You get your roots deeper quicker and mm -hmm. then they're in the water holding capacity part of the soil well remember uh in uh in, in ffa soil judging your soil is supposed to be 50 percent particle 25 percent airspace 25 percent water space well uh if you if you don't have the irrigation if you don't have the drainage right then obviously you're going to be holding more water and there's less room for air so then it becomes an issue of uh you know how do your how do your roots go when there's not enough uh when it doesn't have the porosity so can you say that in that sharky clay which you told me is just tighter than hell and you just said it's like a root trying to go through go through a desk have you seen already what you'd call an improvement in the porosity or you're going to have to explain porosity. Is it creating the space that we're talking about? Is it creating that airspace that we're talking about? It's got to be because our roots are going deeper, yeah. you know, and, and if we ever get a chance to go to rice, even if we have to do, you know, with rice, I can see us having to do some surface combination with the, with the underground. You know, if you can get a rice plant to get a deep root, you've, you've, you've really done something. So I think the future is, is unknown but it's it's very promising and then not to mention if you ever get it to where it all communicates with each other you just say okay lucy you go out there and take over lucy being the computers and then you know it's foolproof and i'm i'm a i'm i'm pretty dumb sometimes so it'll help me a lot you can go fishing more I mean, you can, you can go catch yeah. more redfish yeah. let me ask them to your porosity question so one of the things we're looking at is can 
we know that drainage changes the soil composition. What will it do to Sharky clay? Um, and how long will it take to, to ferment to see that in the depths? And so we have speculated, again, because Sharky clay is such a tight soil, uh, Matt will tell you he saw a couple of inches of more of that on top that that's not not sugar, but, you know, more of a um, topsoil-ish type soil on the top. How many years will it take, you know, for, usually we say three for it to really get to that topsoil thing. The clay may take longer. And so the goal is over the next few years to see if that topsoil type approach or topsoil type feeling continues to deepen in his sharky clay on the field because of the drainage. We don't know if it will. That's what we're trying to learn. Right. Um, so I know that, that it's, it's at least happening a little bit at the surface, would you say, Matt? Um, I think we need more years to understand how deep that that soil change would go. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What it's taken out a lot for us is what we call sponginess. You know, so yes. if you it, the ground can be completely dry and you can drive out there with a tractor and you'll make eight inch ruts just because of just it just it just sinks. And it's taken some of that sponginess out and converted it more to a firmer soil. I know it's done that. Yeah. And it's given us a little bit more of the of the topsoil effect. You know, clay clay's tough. Clay's a whole different world. So, you know, it may take five years to get to the point of where we want to be, but I think we're making progress. Let's talk about the system uh, because the, somebody, you know we got people that really dial in here and they want the specifics. Let's talk about the system, the layout, the pipes, because uh, and then you talk about it, talking to each other. So there's a computer somewhere on this. So maybe Marty, you can tell us about what the system is. How what's it look like? We know it's 35 acres. We know it's about 30 inches uh, deep. That's all I know. Yeah. Tell me what it's. Tell me the parameters here. Yeah, so, you know, kind of at the at the bottom end of the field, right, where the drainage comes out, it's lower than his drainage ditch. So, you um, heard Matt talk about his lift station, we pump water out of the, the drain tile um, into the drain way. But on the opposite side of the field, right, you're just your irrigation well pump, right, and pushing water back through um, the drain tile system. Um, and, and so right now we've got two controls that can happen from Matt's phone anywhere that he wants to turn um, the drainage pump on, off, the well pump on, off. Um, we've also got some sensors in the field to measure soil moisture content, right? Um, and how many, how many sensors on a 35 acre field? Are we putting them every acre? Are we putting two in the corners? What are we doing? <laughs> So right now we've got um, six or seven in, in the field um, at different points along um, the, the tile, right? So some directly down the main line, um, some towards the edges of the field. Um, we'd like to have a few more so we understand how long it takes the water to percolate through the edges of the field. Um, but like Matt said, He's been pretty fortunate that um, he's gotten some rain recently, so we haven't been able to get the all of them out there. Okay. Um, but you know, and by so, the way, depth, depth, depth on those moisture. I mean, what are we? Where are we? Where are we put them in the root zone, presumably? Yeah. So they're at six, twelve, eighteen, and twenty-four. Got it. Yeah. So, um, okay. and that you know that's kind of what what Matt and I talk about kind of often is where is the, the soil moisture? And, you know, kind of what we want to do is keep it really wet just below where the root is, 
right? So it just keeps going down. And, and Darla talked about it going down versus, versus coming horizontally. So, um, you know, so right now all of these systems are a little bit independent. What, you know, our desire is to do in the future is to have them fully integrated. So you can't be irrigating, you know, turn your irrigation pump on and having your drainage pump on at the same time, right? So it doesn't, doesn't completely flow. So, so, you know, making sure that we have those on off controls and, you know, um, I'd love to see uh, the irrigation start um, based on the soil moisture content or based on recent rain events or, or those kinds of things. So um, we're building those pieces. Got it. And then to the person that, you know, is thinking they might install something like this, we talk about how many, you know, feet on center and all that kind of stuff. How, how many, how many feet between these uh, runs of tile? It depends. Staying in agriculture is always a defense. Um, that's going to depend on your soil moisture and what your goals are. So um, if you're in a sandier soil, you're going to, your spacings are going to be a lot wider than they're going to be in a clay. They're going to be tighter in a clay. Um, the benefit and one of the reasons we're looking at the subsurface irrigation in the delta is because of the clays. Um, they're already at the depth or at the, you already have to get, you know, 15, 20 feet apart in um, in the clay, that's the, that's the depth that you have to be in order to subsurface irrigate. So why not make sure if we can get the farmers more ROI out of the system, why don't we do that? And so that's kind of how we how we came upon this project. So soil moisture is gonna depend on, and then if you want to subsurface irrigate, you will have to be closer. Yeah, so, so did, are his like 20 feet, are you 20 feet apart? 20 He's feet at apart. 20 feet, yep. And we, we chose 20 feet because we, at the university and our preliminary studies that we did some preliminary studies at Mississippi State, it showed that the benefit of drainage at 15 and 20 should be about the same. So then the goal is, okay, well, we want to save a farmer money. So let's look at 20s and let's see if we can subsurface irrigate as well as 20s. Is that our answer or are we going to have to look at something different? We don't know the answer to that yet. Understood. Okay, then uh, one last topic I want to get to is about the water efficiency. I went down to McGee, Arkansas, and that's very new to me, very different from what I've, you know, a lot of the places I've been. They've got these plastic pipes that uh, are everywhere, and they walk around the job that I want. They got uh, a little a little widget on a stick that you just go over there and you pop it, and then water comes shooting out. I thought that was really cool. And then Matt told me it's cool for the first hour, and then all of a sudden you get tendonitis. So anyway, um, do you care about because uh, irrigating with this system is going to be a hell of a lot more efficient you're going to use probably one third as much water because it's not getting evaporated you know and blowing down the row but does it matter you've got lots of water your water table is like 20 feet or something down there does it matter is, is that one of the objectives that you care about matt it's, it's very much on the top of my list. I mean, I have grandchildren coming that will probably want to farm too. As you know, uh, you know, our water tables and our aquifers are all getting smaller all the time. We're trying to go to more surface water. Um, we have computerized programs with that poly pipe you're talking about to know what size hole to punch to make it more efficient. So anything we can do, you know, that well's running. I didn't know it can run that slow, you know, so we're just trickling the well in there. And, and keeping the pipe full and letting it wick up and it yeah it's it's uh it's going to be a pretty big deal uh on water efficiency if it works like it's supposed to right now it looks like it's going to do that 
Well, that's one of the things, obviously, ADS talks a lot about it. It's not just drainage, it's water management, I think, is one of their slogans. Is that your slogan, Darla? No, we're trying to get people to understand it's not about drainage, it's about water management. So it should be our slogan. Well, I can think that this is a big thing, you know, to Matt's point, especially when you start talking in some of the Western states, you know, if you get west of the river, you're starting to talk about real, a lot of pressure, environmental pressure on the water. Matt's not even an area that has the environmental pressure on the water, but even he senses it. He sees this coming, you know, let alone if you were in central Nebraska, right? So maybe that's one of the big things. And by the way, am I right? Are you using like one third as much as if you were doing the polypipe? You're almost right on the money. Um, when we did the calculations, depending on the rain events he gets in the year, it's a savings between um, at, at a maximum, you could save 75% water and then you know at a minimum it's going to be 50 percent. good deal all right uh what's that besides water efficiency and then the stuff they're all talking together is there somewhere if a person wants to know because i want to know is there like a panel somewhere you talk about matt's fishing and using his phone to monitor all this stuff what where's the where's all the system is there like a corner of the field or is it in his office where is this thing marty and so there's the infield controls and communication devices. Um, so then it's, it's cloud-based. So you don't have to, you don't have to have a big uh, circuit panel on every field you decide to do this on. Yeah, I mean, your control box is a couple feet wide, a couple feet tall, um, you know, just, just sits in the field, um, runs off the power, um, you know, and then, you know, you can go out there if, if he wants um, to to control it, um, but but really not necessary. Uh, uh, what what are you looking for by the end of the year? What what thing, Matt? What uh, I know they want they want more information, more information. By the end of this year, are you going to pull the trigger and do more of these, or by the end of the year, you think you you're still not going to be conclusively uh, uh, there on the decision to do more of this? Well, I get I get asked that question all the time, and and you know, as Darla said, this is a this is something you don't do one year and say, okay, let's go install all this in our in our fields because it is expensive. We do have surface drain, uh, you know, fields, and we're precision level for the most part with irrigation. So, you know, we've been thinking, hey, we're we're getting along fine. We, you know, this is not something that would be a benefit. So, you know, like I said, it's going to be a time thing to see. I'm very optimistic with what I see so far. I know that our yields have increased on that field. It's probably one of the best looking soybean fields I have today. There was some really impressive stuff happened when we had floods. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, I've got a very open mind and I think it's gonna be something that's gonna be really good. Not only just the water savings, the drainage alone, I think is gonna be something that'll be very beneficial in certain fields. You know, now, will I go tile all of my sandy fields? Probably not. But, you know, as we do these projects, we're going to figure out, you know, is this worth it? And what's the ROI? What's the payback? Darla's got some information on how many years it should take to pay for it. And it's pretty impressive if it continues on the way it's going now. Isn't it like five years, Darla, you told me once? Yeah, depending and with inflation lately, we said that was that, that, you know, in Matt's situation with how much pipe he's got in the ground, that might increase to seven. And our question to Matt was, how long is too long, right? Like, what is your cutoff date? And Matt's answer to me, Matt, if I remember correctly, was like seven years is not unreasonable um, for what it's potentially going to give us. And and what I tell people, I keep looking at high level, the, the 
the cliche is still the, the cliche is a cliche for a reason. The number of people that these guys are going to have to feed on the same amount of land, if not less, by 2050, continues to increase. And yet, what what else can they look at outside of the product that they're putting on their field in order to increase their yield? What aren't they doing? Well, in this area, they're not doing this. Can we make it to where it's yeah. prof- they're able to be profitable and we're able to feed more people? Speaking of profitable, I want to talk. I want a question for either uh, Marty or Darla, but that Matt's got to go. Then I got a question. Oh yeah, something that I've kind of noticed based on our mistakes last year. I'm not so sure there's not going to be a fit for dry land sharky clay with tile. And the reason why, if you can shut that lift station off and you can keep that soil profile like we've done this year, mm-hmm. you know, up, I, I think there's a really good increase in production on dry land acres where they're normally 10 to 20 bushel an acre. I, you know, we made what 68, 60 something bushels this past mm-hmm. year. And, and we really did. We did a pretty crappy job irrigating. Right. I was right. about to say it was basically dry land. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, did, you didn't do a crappy job. You just, you, you got behind. And, and one of the things what you said last time was when you, with that kind of conditions, when it was 104 degrees every day last year, once you're getting behind, it's, it's difficult, if not impossible to catch up. And that's where you said you were going to make the adjustment this year. Last question. Yeah. Last question. This is a worth your share of wallet question, since that's my new favorite phrase. Worth your share of wallet. You told Matt, find us the worst chunk of crap ground you have. He found you at 35 acres out of the thousands of acres he farms. Is the bang for your buck bigger on the crap ground? Or should you start? So should I start with my best ground? And then, or should I start with my worst ground when it comes to an investment like this? We always tell people to start with their worst ground because their worst ground becomes their best ground and then they're going to invest in their best ground because they see what it can do. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a mind tease. Um, they see, they're like, well, now my best ground, this part of the field was wet and this part of the field was great. Well, now this part's wet. No, this part is still the same uh, level of moisture it was. This one's just a lot drier and you didn't even realize it was wet you were so focused over here so always we always start with your worst um because you're going to get the biggest bang but what you what you what it gives you is um it gives you an expectation instead of this volatility of what yield you can expect out of a field you know what you can expect and it gives you that efficiency and that okay the water is not going i am not a slave to my water i'm controlling it's it's the closest I, i i say it high level it's the closest thing to controlling the weather that you can get as a farmer. Right. If you can manage your farm. Right. We're that's, that's acres that were not in production now that are some of his highest producing acres. They never were planted because it was too wet. And we talked about that last week. He's got a neighbor over there and they're both cutting wheat and the, the neighbors still got those same places that he didn't even grow crop in. And some of Chad's best wheat is in those areas. Yeah. And, and again, there he started. He didn't start with some of his worst ground. He started with ground that essentially was never farmed because it always it just laid wet. Mm-hmm. All right, let's leave it there. Uh, that's Marty Dreschel and Darla Huff with ADS, and they are an industry partner. Got a trial going on at, at Matt's. They've done a big thing at Chad's, and we're going to be soon seeing some more of that. If you want to learn more about this, where do they go, Miss Marty? ADSPipe.com. 
ADS pipe, like the thing you smoke, adspipe.com. That's cool. Thanks for being here. We'll keep up with this trial. We're going to revisit this topic again closer to harvest time. Thanks for being here. Matt Miles, my favorite McGee, Arkansas farmer. My name is Damian Mason. Until next time, thanks for being here. It's Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.